1: This is Writing Excuses, Season 3, Episode 13, Dialects and In-World Jargon. Fifteen minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. And we have uh, two guest stars this week. Um, I'm
2: sorry, but we are also <laughs> starring... Armando Gonzalitos del Castillo de la Santísima Biblioteca. And... Oh, my name's Haggis McShiny. That is a very nice name.
1: McShiny. McChrometop? McShiny. <laughs>
2: I've forgotten my own name.
1: <laughs> that is. You yeah, had um, to get me
2: drunk, didn't you? That <laughs> is not surprising to me. This seems
1: like it fits you very well. Okay, and I'm Brandon. I'm um, Dan.
0: And I'm Howard.
1: Yes, we've got five people in the studio today, plus Giordo, um, who hopefully isn't doing an accent. Um, we're going to talk about dialects. dialects. So, why? Well, let's, let's talk about first what. <laughs> What dialect are we talking about? How do we do a dialect? And it's kind of different for you, Howard, than it is for us. You said, what, you just change a font? I used to
0: just change fonts. Uh, what I've done with the most recent book, I, I've, I cut down—I used to have like six or seven fonts that I'd mm-hmm. switch between, and I'm down to three. The uh, artificial intelligence slash computer font, mm-hmm. the schlock font and the everybody else font. Okay. Uh, and I may do away with the schlock font in the next book. I don't know.
1: Okay. Um, well, one, what in fiction generally we're talking about is when you are changing the words to mm-hmm. emulate the way that someone speaks or sounds. And, um, if, you look, if you read Huck Finn, you'll see an
2: excellent example of someone using dialect. Yeah. Uh, um, An excellent example that I, I am not necessarily going to want anyone to follow, right. uh, because even Mark Twain, who was very, very good at it, it, it's still very difficult to read. Well, we'll get into that because there are different
1: balances there on the side.
2: Mark Twain is the, is the way the way he the, did it is yeah. different. There's a lot of different ways to to make it work. Different levels of, of um, how you change the language.
0: Uh, Ian Banks. Ian Banks did a uh, thick, thick. Uh, mm-hmm. Scottish accent in The Bridge, uh, where one of the, the sub, mm-hmm. w- one of the points of view is from a uh, barbarian or a Scotsman or mm-hmm. something, and when I first looked at it, I could not read it, yeah. and I realized I have to start reading this out loud, and when I started reading out loud, I said, I sound like a Scotsman. This yeah. is hilarious, <laughs> and oh my gosh, that was profane. <laughs> and that was obscene. And holy crap, this is filthy. Uh-huh. But it's hilarious. And those, were, those ended up being my favorite chapters in the
1: book, but I had mm-hmm. to read them out loud with nobody listening. Name yeah. of the Wind has a section where he lapses into dialect, and he does yeah. it strictly in the same way that Twain did, and I loved it. Um, and so, but let's get into what Dan said before. What are the dangers of using a dialect
2: that way? Well, the dangers, first of all, is that it's going to be hard to read. And, um Uh, Mark Twain in Huckleberry Finn in the preface he says that right out front he says first of all yes I did these all right I'm smarter than you don't tell me they're wrong (laughs) and second he said a lot of you aren't going to be able to read them and I'm sorry about that Mm -hmm. Um, and for example Name of the Wind that section where he lapses into dialect that was the section where I almost stopped reading the book because it was so hard for me to get through it so why is it why is it hard Um, Partly because, like Howard said, they only really work if you read them out loud. Once you start deliberately misspelling things in order to reproduce a sound, Mm -hmm. then it has an aural component that doesn't work on the written page. It only really comes into its own when you're saying it out loud for the most part.
0: The two that are the most common um, or the easiest to recognize is the lisp where you start replacing... S's with th's. Mm-hmm. A lift that's when you pronounce th- like th- instead of like. That's um, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and what, you know that works for somebody who's got a, an mm-hmm. obvious speech impediment, but it's not going to carry your story very far. Well, the other one that's not very well done, and it, it gets cited as a, a bad example all the time, is uh, you know contractions replacing mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. g with an apostrophe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used to do that one all the time. I still do it from time to time, um, but it's—I don't know how effective it is. I don't know that it really establishes okay. dialect.
1: The reason I would say um, that we're having problems when we read with these dialects is a lot of us are striving for what we've called—we've talked about translucent prose. Mm-hmm. Um storytelling, Storytelling—there are different types of storytelling. People are trying to achieve different things in their prose. Generally, in popular fiction, we are striving to have our prose be invisible. And so that you can see through the book and see an image, a scene unfolding. And when you have to stop and figure out what the words are, it's like the director freezing, or you know, the the mm-hmm. movie theater freezing yeah. the frame and popping you out. And you have to cock your head and figure out what's going on again. And th- yeah. it drop kicks you out. Um, and so that, well, and that Ian Banks book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Banks writes both uh, science
0: fiction, and he writes. Uh, just literary fiction. Mm-hmm. He writes under two different names, one's Ian Banks, one's Ian M. Banks. Yeah. And the bridge was literary fiction right. where you they, authors experiment more. Right. They're expected mm-hmm. to. The right. prose is not expected to be transparent. Right. The prose is expected to do interesting things. Right. Now
2: now there are other ways, like we talked about. The the you know, deliberate misspellings to reproduce um a sound is one way to do it. A yeah. uh, less obtrusive way is stuff like, you know, just taking off the G's, uh, using words like ain't, you know, d- changing the word choice. Okay. Can, is Let's often talk about you that. need. For example, in our writing group on Friday, there was one guy who submitted a chapter where there was a Russian character, and I don't think he spelled any of those words differently, mm-hmm. but because of the words he chose and the order he put them in the sentence, that Russian accent came across really, really strongly. So, how do you do this? Um, what, are, what are some specifics we can tell our listeners
1: about how one can reproduce an accent without
2: kicking someone out of the story?
1: Um,
2: first of all, you have to know the accent really well. You okay. have to do your homework. You have to research it. You have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to try to do Irish, if you're going to try to do Ibonics, if you're going to try to do any of those things, you have to listen to it really closely. Well, and When you say accent, um,
0: there's the sounds of the words which mm-hmm. are important to an accent. There's also aspects of dialect. Where, right. Um, An accent and a dialect are separate. Yeah, yeah and, they're and, separate and things. Word order, yeah. when you're speaking Spanish, the order of the verbs and the nouns is different than it mm-hmm. is in English.
2: And, and when a native Spanish speaker then speaks English, that comes across and you can right. tell. Every so often. As Armando th- would tell us if he were here. <laughs> <laughs> he is here. He is here, but he is not talking to you right now. <laughs>
1: um, so the first level, the most drop you out of the story level would be mm-hmm. misspelling words in, in an attempt to recreate the sounds. The next level would be changing word order um, and maybe dropping words with yeah. the, and maybe the occasional letter drop in order to emulate the dialect without exactly emulating the, the, um, the accent. Um, one thing I might suggest for this would be to go and watch a movie or listen to someone where they're speaking in this dialect, and mm-hmm. then transcribe it. Mm, and so that's that you a very good transcribe idea. Transcribe it with the, the actual words, drop all of the accent, and then look and say, see, what are they doing? What patterns are they using? What articles are they dropping in order
2: to create this dialect? You know, one of the most famous dialects is Yoda yes and all they did for yoda was they just changed the word order yeah. um, he constructs his sentence differently than we do in english uh, the the funniest one being in clone wars where he yeah. says around the survivors a perimeter create and that's just create a perimeter around the survivors but he always puts his words in the same order and it is reproducible and it's very easy to do and easy to understand um something else that we want to talk about
1: also though is in world jargon so we can start out talking about this as well. I believe that is a fracking good idea. Oh, thank you very much, Armando.
0: Oh, you're using fracking wrong. <laughs> Fracking's negative.
1: Um, That's shiny. <laughs> they did this in Firefly, which is what Haggis is quoting here. Firefly, they use shiny. We see this a lot in science fiction where or even fantasy. They come up with fake swear words and things like this. How effective do you guys think this is? I've seen it done well, and I've mm-hmm. seen it done poorly. I loved the, I can't remember the guy's—the the
0: character's name, but it was in a uh, Ringo mm-hmm. Weber book. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the characters, um, <laughs> all I can remember was his profanity, and his profanity was pocking. Mm-hmm. You know, pocking this and pocking <laughs> that. You know exactly what word mm-hmm. uh, has been dialected, but
2: uh, it, it just worked. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Battlestar Galactica, of course, did frack. I thought it worked really well, I know it didn't work for a couple of people. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons it worked really well is because we all knew what frack was supposed to mean Mm -hmm. and they gave it the right weight. Uh, One thing that uh, they did for example is, you know, it was the rough characters who would use it and I remember one episode where one of the pilots said it in front of the president and she like kind of went white. Yeah. And she had to apologize for saying that word. And that let the audience know this actually is a big deal. Right, It's yeah. not okay. just somebody— yeah. I'm
0: not throwing that word in order to be able to use profanity all the time in my book. Yeah. I am throwing that word in order to establish that this character is profane mm-hmm. and, and is going to get called on it sometimes.
1: Personally, um, I—pet peeve sort of thing. I don't like it when the fake swear words are obviously replacing a, fake, a swear word we have particularly when they're doing something like frack, where they're just replacing a couple of the letters.
0: The thing that I liked about pocking is mm-hmm. that it wasn't that it was replacing the swear right. word. It was that he was speaking a different language where he came from, and right.
1: that was that swear word. Right. And the mm-hmm. best uses of this is where it, it actually illustrates... Yeah. The world. I, I, I loved it when Anne McCaffrey did it in the Dragon Riders books because she had world elements. She'd say shards or things like this, refl- yeah. talking mm-hmm. about the shells of dragons and things like this. It was part of the world. It wasn't yeah. just a, we're, we don't want to, to get um, a TV NA rating, <laughs>
2: so we're going to replace a yeah. couple of letters. Well, and in Mistborn, mm-hmm. you did the same thing uh, with Lord Ruler. People used yeah. Lord Ruler as an epithet, all through the series, right? even long after there's not a Lord Ruler. And that in itself became a story element because yeah. uh, characters would occasionally say, you know, why are you still swearing by the Lord Ruler? Wheel of Time, yeah. blood and bloody ashes. Wheel yeah. of mm-hmm. Time does a good job with all, a lot of this. Uh, yeah. Swan Sanche
1: um, with her fish uh, metaphors and things, allows you to her, him to illustrate her background and the world a little bit through coming up with all of these sorts of things. Um, is this dangerous? Are there problems with doing this?
2: De- definitely, like I said, you know, for example, with Frack, there's a lot of people that hated it. I know mm-hmm. a guy who stopped watching the series because he thought Frack was such a stupid euphemism. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get a pe- people can think that you're just pussyfooting around. People can get sick of hearing it. Um,
0: I loved the way Firefly handed it, ha- handled it, mm-hmm. handled it, where yeah. uh, shiny, shiny is the one we all remember because right. it, it fits so well. But, but gor- yeah. or um, gor-am, um, goram, Goram, mm-hmm. this Goram. That. Well, and the and, Chinese, yeah. And most of the time, when they really wanted
2: to swear, they would swear in Chinese. Mm -hmm. I I thought that Firefly was one of the best examples. Yeah, and one of the reasons I think it worked so well is that it was different every time. Mm -hmm. You didn't get sick of hearing shiny and gorem and frack because it was a different little rattled-off Chinese phrase any time they wanted to swear, and so it didn't get old. Mm -hmm. All right. I, Armando, obviously, I know all of this already, but I have a question for Brandon. As we said in Mistborn, you do this. You have a lot of fake swear words we have talked about sometimes it is wrong to use them sometimes wrong not to why did you choose to use the fake swear words that you used in Mistborn okay Um, I chose to use the fake swear words I did
1: because I wanted to tie the characters more deeply to the world I wanted when when I look at sit down to write I'm not generally this this ties into dialects too Um, I don't want to do dialects usually and usually when I'm looking and saying Am I going to replace a swear word? My, my general instinct is to not replace it. If I don't want to curse in my books, I just have them say he swore. Um, if I do want to have him curse my books, I'll have him use actual curse words. Um, unless I feel that that person would use something in the world. And I usually want to have a lot of our curse words are tied either to scat- scatological events or to, to religion. religion. And religion is very powerful in my works, and so I try to do this. And when I sit down, I'm, I actually do it by character a lot of times. I'll let how a character swears build partially his race um, and his people. And when I'm doing a dialect, I'm not usually looking to replace words or even drop words. I'm looking for what word choices, what diction choices will this person make that will give us a feel of their world. World. When I was writing Seized, um, I didn't try. I tried not to do the average things. A lot of people, to give a dialect, will have someone stop using contractions, yeah. which mm-hmm. um, is kind of overused. I think. I think people do speak in contractions. Even literate people speak in contractions a lot. And I so, do that yeah. with
0: my artificial intelligences.
1: Oh, yeah. They, they
0: and I sometimes I sometimes mm-hmm. I screw it up. Yeah. I forget to take the
1: contractions out. But so. I am I am looking. And to take Cezed, for instance, and show his entire culture by showing how he speaks, and I make it polite. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. Because people like that, that tend to be of the the, the scholarly class that he he is, I thought would be very Mm -hmm. polite. And that's what his dialect is. He is extremely polite with occasional little word phrases from his world, from his
2: culture. And I try to do that with all of my characters. Well, and I think that that's the best answer is not, you know, grab definitely have all the fake swear words or definitely don't yeah. do whatever's honest for the character if they are speaking in such a way that right when they say this they would swear there yeah then that's what you got to do yeah and if that's an in-world swear word that works then great and if it's not then you know
0: something really funny happened i the the scottish accent i would use during a role playing game mm-hmm. uh, because that was how my troll spoke when he was speaking you know the common tongue and we were in a situation where the troll was speaking with other trolls, and the GM spoke to me without using any sort of an accent at all and told me, no, 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 drop the accent. You don't use an accent when you're a troll, when, when you're speaking troll. And I realized, oh, my gosh, I have two voices. I have my voice when I'm speaking my own language, and I mm-hmm. have my voice when I'm speaking this other language. And it added, a, it added a huge depth to a character that I thought was already pretty clever.
2: Very nice.
1: All right. Did you have a writing prompt for us, Dan? Didn't we talk about one? Mm-hmm. No, you, you had one last time. I should come up with one. All right. Yes. Oh, Let's, it's um, your turn. It's
2: time for you to give
1: us a writing prompt. Armando and Haggis are together um, trapped As we often are. in a room. Um, and with many beautiful women. With many beautiful women and I'll running a <laughs> away from them. And um, why are they trapped in this room? This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write.
0: Mother's Day is almost here.